You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al. Yee-haw. Hit it. A little early on the hit it there. Oh, but... sorry. You want to try it again? <laughs> okay, okay, Al. Three, two, hit one. All righty. Good morning and uh, welcome. It's a great day today. Any day you wake up is... A great day. There you go. I heard that somewhere. Joining us today will be Terry O'Keefe, and it's going to be a serious show. Uh, if you have any questions about buying and selling a car, we've got some wicked stories to tell you. Good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm fantastic, guys. How about you? Yeah. So the bottom line here is that um, we're going to be talking about liens. We're going to be talking about some charges they put through some of the dealers. We're going to talk about some of the things that you should be looking for, such as... Uh, all in pricing. Uh, it's going to be interesting, but make sure you call in and, and talk about your issues because we're we've got the experts here. Exactly. If yeah. you've got a question about, let's say you bought a car recently and you kind of wondered how come the price you paid wasn't what was advertised, you're welcome to give Terry a call on that. And if you had a bad experience, we want to know what the heck happened. Yeah. Uh, let's talk know. about it. Maybe we can help you. It's safe to say that we uh, we are venturing into what's that word? Phone call Spring? land. Spring. Oh, spring. You know, speaking of which, this morning we are coming to work and there's a fox. I live at St. Clair and Bathurst. There's a ravine behind us. Did you get her name? Well, it's worse than that. <laughs> he said, get the fox box. out of here. Oh, he, said, he, said, he, said, he said, he said that. I honked the horn and he goes, huh? <laughs> but uh, there's Sign. people walking the dogs and stuff. And, you know, if there's one fox, there's many. So the ravines, they, it could be uh, an issue this summer. But, but I mean, not. with spring, I mean, people are going to start coming into uh, different dealerships, get your car, your winter tires off, and get it ready for spring. So if you got questions about, you know, got to get my car tuned up, what should I be looking for? Al and Dave are here with that. Yep. With their foxy knowledge. <laughs> Did you <laughs> like that? A little humor there. Very, very little humor. Little. Yeah. And uh, remember, we have our contest. We're giving away a set of Salem tires for your car, light truck, including the rims, including the installation, plus a membership for Car Cost Canada. We're going to close the contest off uh, this next week coming, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right, Dave. So we've got a lot of entries got in there. You never know. Take us out, Mr. Gilman. I was thinking of Foxy Lady, and I was, you know, just Jimmy. dreaming about Jimmy. Exactly. And if you ain't, you got a car care question, give us a call right now. Don't go there. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Remember, you can listen to the show uh, now, mm-hmm. which makes sense, or you can stream us because the guys have got their shaving done, new clothes from Walmart, and you can stream us at davescornergarage.com. I'm Vic. Terry O'Keefe's here. And questions about getting ready for spring. Back to you, Dave. Camera 23. <laughs> okay. Uh, Terry wrote a blog the other day about... Liens. Let me explain what a lien is. Somebody owes money on this car, and the car is now open to the marketplace to be resold, but 
the buyer, who's obviously a curbsider, is the seller, hasn't declared that there's money owing against the car. So what happens? Well, unfortunately, the, the lien gives the, uh, the institution, the financial institution that loaned money, it gives them the right to repossess that car if someone stops making payments. Right. And so if you buy a car and it has a lien on it and the seller doesn't clear that lien, that car could disappear from your driveway one morning because the former owner of the vehicle stopped making their payments and the bank went, I, I want my money. And so they just come and scoop the car. Question, question, question. Um, before you do a transfer, you have to get a UVIP. Yes. There's a UVIP, for those who don't know, it's used vehicle information package. That has to be purchased at the Ministry of uh, Transportation. Does that not show liens? It shows liens registered in Ontario. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, we have seen some unscrupulous private sellers actually take that UVIP. They buy it because mm-hmm. they're supposed to buy it and provide right. it to the purchaser. Right. Uh, they'll scan it into the computer use a little software to remove the lien information oh, wow. and then reprint it and they present it to the purchaser and it makes it look like the car has no lien. Whoa. Wow. These are professional bad guys. They, they really are. And yeah. this they was really one are. dealer that uh, they were in Sault Ste. Marie that never even transferred the cars. So well, the guy didn't even know there was a lien because... Th- well, and you're right. When you buy from a dealer, it's illegal for a dealer to sell a vehicle with a lien. Like it's, there's actually law that says you can't do it. But unfortunately, as we had this instance with a couple of dealers, but the big one, you're right, Dave, was in the Sioux, where the dealer was taking trade-ins that had liens. Mm-hmm. Those liens were supposed to be removed when the consumer bought their new car, or was going to refinance it and pay out the lien or the loan on the trade-in. The dealer got the money to pay out the loans on the trade-ins and then didn't. So he sold those trade-ins to new consumers with liens on them. Right. And the, the consumers who traded them in now had a loan for their new car, and when the dealer stopped making the payments on the loans, that's what he was doing. He was actually trying to make the payments on all these loans on vehicles that were traded in. When he stopped, the banks just started taking payments out of the people who traded the cars in. So they had a payment coming out for their old car and a payment coming out for the new one. Wow. And uh, this this is, this one dealer has result. This has resulted in nearly a half a million dollars in claims uh, to the uh, to the compensation. And you guys fund. are paying those claims out. That's right. We're Omvic's compensation fund is paying it. Now it's really unfortunate, obviously, that this has happened. Uh, but the consumers are ultimately being protected by the compensation fund, but only because they bought from a dealer. If you buy privately and there's a lien on that car and the, and it doesn't get paid out and the car gets repossessed, you're on your own. That's the F clause. <laughs> to Al's point, though, when you get a UVIP, which you really should get when you go to Service Ontario, how do you know if it's if, if you don't get a UVIP report or if you have one, how do you know that car is actually from Ontario or it's outside? And what roughly would be the percentages of cars that are sold by those special people, curbsiders that are not in Ontario? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. The UVIP, you really have to know what you're looking at when you look at the used right. vehicle information package because it's going to tell you all the previous owners of that vehicle and if there's a lien while the vehicle's been registered in Ontario. So you actually have to not just look at you have to go and look at the dates of when a certain person owned it. And if it's a 2009, but the first time it's owned by someone here in Ontario is 2014, well, you know that car is coming from outside the province. So can you ask for a car proof or a Carfax? That's exactly what you should be doing. Do not purchase a vehicle privately without buying a car proof, which will soon be called Carfax Canada. Yes. Do not buy it without that report because that report will tell you it actually does a lien check in every province. And it's going to tell you if there's a lien registered against the vehicle anywhere in Canada. 
And of course, it's also going to hopefully give you information about any accident history. You know, it's, there's another side to the story is that when you get a guy like that, a dealer that's dishonest, first off, he taints the industry. Absolutely. All right? We're all painted with the same brush. And even though these are very minor amount of people compared to what the dealerships there are. I think it's like 8,000 dealers or something in Ontario. There's 8,000 dealers. You're right. And right. and very... Like, Liens on vehicles is a is a I don't want to say it's a small issue. What I mean is we yeah. don't get that many complaints right. about it. But when we do get them, they're serious. They're big numbers. But I think last year I think we had two or three dealers that this was an issue with. It, it it's not widespread for when you're buying from a a uh, from a dealership. It's a problem when you're buying from pri- privately. Yeah, but it's also a double whammy because the dealers are supporting the fund. That's right. So if you run out of money, where are you going? Ab- the 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 act is very clear. If the compensation fund gets depleted, Ontario's registered dealers have to top it up. See, well, question. So, yeah. um, so if, if you're talking about a UVIP being able to be doctored, I guess people could doctor a, um, a, Carfax? a Carfaxes too. Absolutely, which is why I would recommend you buy your own. Okay, so it's even like if, even if they're providing one, yep. Okay, you may. Yeah, it's how much? Is Seventeen it? or twenty bucks. Yeah, the, the yeah. UVIP itself is twenty dollars, and and don't get me. I don't want you to think that every private seller is out there doctoring the UVIP. Yeah. But why take that chance for twenty dollars? Buy your own. You just need the VIN for the vehicle. Twenty bucks at Service Ontario, and you can get it. And you hope that the that the the guy or the woman is trying to sell you this car will have the patience to say, oh yeah, go get the UVIP report. But if they don't, buy. Gone. Otherwise, well, exactly. you're uh, just just the same way. We suggest that people get their cars inspected by their own mechanics, and if they come up against any kind of uh, you know friction at all from the seller, you got to assume there's something well, wrong with the, it. The line always is, "My insurance won't cover you, so the car stays here." But all bring right. your mechanic down. There's no problem. Well, even the case of you know someone buying a relatively new car that still has manufacturer's warranty, you still need to get it checked. While you're listening to the show, what's your website, Terry? Omvic. Okay, so while you're listening to the show, go on their website, omvic.ca, look at it while we're talking with Terry for the hour, and uh, give us a call because you can save yourself a lot of aggravation and money, which is what it's all about, and questions about your car getting ready for spring. Give us a call. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Leaving the bust away. This is uh, Dave's Corner Garage. This is the last week you have to enter our contest to win four tires from Salem, plus rims, courtesy of Lee's Busters in Salem, and a pro membership. So go to davescornergarage.com. We'll announce the winner very shortly with Mr. Volvo there, Gelman. Oh, yeah? Hello, yeah. Alan. All okay. right, we're going to talk to um, Ross. Ross, we who got lives in Willowdale. Ross Hi, in Willowdale. Guys. How are you, Ross? Hi, guys. How are you doing? Here's Ex- the question. Yep. 2009 Chevrolet Malibu. Last November, take the car in for the winter tire change. They rev the motor and say, oh, I think you're making too much noise from the tailpipe, so we'll change it. But rather than paying 500 which we charge at the GM dealership, we'll take it down to minus, get it for half, and you'll be okay. Take it in. It drags on the ground as soon as they install it. The chief mechanic goes mm. down from the dealership, make sure they put it up high so it doesn't drag. Take it back. Then I suddenly got an orange engine light on. So I take it back in and say, what's this? And they say, oh. Well, this is a list of all the possible things it could be. So we'll change the sparks plugs, oxygen sensor, change a whole bunch of things for over $500. I drive a bit, engine light pops up again, go back in. So is it now? Oh, the oxygen sensor must have failed. It'll take two weeks to get it in, but we'll get the replacement part. And if that doesn't work, oh, well, then we'll take it back to Midas for a third time and have them redo the, the tailpipe again. And I'm wondering, 
what's going on? What am I doing wrong? Should I trust them? Should I go to another dealership? I need your advice. Wow, sounds kind of suspect, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, so you went in and initially the only, you weren't even aware of a problem, is that right? That's right. I just wanted the winter tires put on, and they revving the engine to say, nope, it's got to be changed. The tailpipe's making too much noise. Then they put on the other one, which is supposed to be half price of Midas, and the drag's on the ground. The chief mechanic goes back down. They redo it at Midas so it stays up. And then the orange light come back and we're right there again. In fact, even so, now, it's, uh, so what, I kind of wonder: did the yeah. um, so did the exhaust actually fall off in the front or just the tailpipe in the back? It was just the tailpipe. They said it was making too much noise, so they put so I just put a whole, a whole new tailpipe on. Okay, we get it. All right, uh, but uh, to be quite honest with you, that shouldn't have anything to do with it. No, no nothing at all. I, you know, I mean, I'd like to say that it, maybe it's a consequence. Yeah, like like you know, it just happened. The, by circumstance. How but, many miles um, are on this car? On this car? Oh, it's not very many at all. I only have no more than about, uh, oh, maybe just under 40,000 all the time. I've owned the car since 2009. I don't drive it very much. I don't know why they suggested a, a tune-up, because your spark plugs are usually good to at least 100,000 kilometers yeah. on that yeah, car. Yeah, I'm not even anywhere near that. They've changed all the spark plugs, yeah. And wow. the other thing is, an oxygen centers is like cheese. You can go any auto store, and you pick one up for 60 bucks. I mean, it's not a big thing. Simple. Go to a new shop. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're, you know, you're going to get taken to the cleaners on this thing. Do you have any idea what the codes are that were in it or are in it now? No, that I don't know. I, I'm not too. I'm not very sophisticated when it comes to mechanics of cars, and I. Just, I be- well, did they not? Um, but normally they will write it down on the actual work order or the. Okay, the invoice. what should I be looking for on there? It'll say. Um, Why don't you take him in, Alan? Well, I can do that. Sure, it'll say um, diagnostic uh, trouble code DTC, yeah. and then it'll say a number beside it. Okay, and what number should the, should I be looking for? It's a starts well, with any P. kind of number. It usually starts with P. It'll be usually be P and then four numbers beside yeah. it. Okay? okay, it'll say P zero four five six or P zero three thousand. You can buy a tester. Uh, they're not expensive either. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tester maybe forty, fifty dollars to save aggravation. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if you'd Give like, Alico. yeah, uh, you're gonna listen to my ad, my, my, my advert Give later. Give number four one six 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 five. Six two three zero. And if you want to come by this week, I'll be happy to scan it for nothing, and oh, we'll see what codes in there, and we can hopefully get to the bottom of it. District, where's your street address? Uh, Sixty-five Brisbane. Brisbane, and I'm not too good on, on geographic either. What no, intersection is that closest to? Finch and Dufferin. Finch and Dufferin. Finch and Dufferin. Oh, Finch and Dufferin. That's yeah. not too far at all. And your name of your if you're a dealership again? It's Glen Allen Motors. Glen Allen Motors. Of course, right. you should know that from listening to the show. But <laughs> I get kind of excited when I'm talking. It's fast about and reading. honest. Well, no worries. Well, we <laughs> all right. Well, have a great weekend. <laughs> Wait, and who uh, should I ask for when I walk in, who should I ask for? Mandy. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> ask for Alan. Sorry. Alan. That'd be me. Oh, that's great. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Take care. Have a great weekend. Okay. Sounds good. Just for anybody who's you know worried about that kind of thing, just just to to sort of rest your mind, if the yellow light has come on, it's not flashing, and there's no drivability issues, you don't necessarily have to pull over to the side of the road. Okay. You can keep driving. Give your mechanic a call when you get a moment, and uh, you don't panic. Yeah, it's an it's an emissions issue. It's not really a drivability issue. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, and it's what happens with it, it. The car's computer puts in a number that you can continue to drive. So, not to worry. Just speaking about damaged cars, you know, after the break, Dave's going to talk about uh, potholes and the yeah. proliferation of potholes that we've got in our fair city, yeah. and I'm sure in your city too. Alrighty. Dave's Corner Garage, uh, give us a call. We have, uh, actually, we have a couple calls coming up. Uh, Malibu Gas, Gage Doesn't Work, and some other stuff. So we'll be right back in a few minutes. Take us out. <laughs> I think you just did. <laughs> That's it. Bye-bye. <laughs> Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, Dave will get into, uh, we want your information on where you think 
the best, or actually the worst. The best. Po- the, the worst. Well, it can be the best. The biggest. The deepest. The deepest pothole in your area. Give us a call along with your questions about your car. Back to Terry O'Keefe from Omvic. Here's Dave. Uh, Terry, you were announcing your closing. Uh, or you, you sent a fellow up, up to the gray, up the river, the Gray Bar Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. Yeah, Mr. Ryan Maxwell. Omvic um, charged him. Oh, it's a couple of years ago now, but uh, it's taken that long for the trial to end its way through the uh, through the courts and. Uh, just last week, Mr. Maxwell was sentenced to 180 days behind bars. Wow. Wow. Uh, now, people don't realize that you can't travel to the States. You're out of business for 180 days, mm-hmm. and nobody will do business with you. Have your credit ratings. Well, and, and frankly, he deserved it. He hurt a lot of consumers. He, was, yeah. he worked at a couple of different dealerships, uh, Countryside Motors and Westbridge Vehicle Sales and Leasing in Oshawa. And uh, while he was working there, uh, he sold vehicles without disclosing accident histories or vehicle condition. Uh, he took deposits from consumers that weren't uh, that weren't applied uh, to the purchase contract. He misrepresented vehicles. He told one uh, healthcare worker who explicitly said, "I've got patients in remote areas. I need all-wheel drive." And uh, when uh, this health, when this consumer got stuck the first time in a snowbank, uh, the tow truck driver said, that, that's not an all-wheel drive, that's front-wheel drive. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, he um, told consumers they were getting you know, X percentage rate for their financing, and when the documents were signed, they didn't get copies, but the percentage rate was actually much higher. Uh, the, the court heard testimony from one consumer who actually broke down in tears about how the financial stress of that vehicle purchase from Mr. Maxwell actually led to the breakup of his marriage. Get wow. out of here. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, this, this uh, you know, and and this was not the first time that Omvik had charged right. him or put him in, pri- in prison. There was an insurance issue too, I think? Well, that that went way back then. Those, were, those weren't charges laid by Omvik, but back in the early 2000s, yeah, he was uh, convicted uh, with, a, with, with a fraud. Was he an authorized uh, dealer? He, he, these, these were registered dealers. Uh, of course, uh, he lost his registration when we charged him. We revoked his registration. Uh, but as I said, it's taken this long, but he's now gone away for 180 days. And we also put him in jail in January on other charges for similar types of behavior. He got 30 days uh, then, and now another 180 days. Um, what's interesting is one of the dealerships that he worked for, um, Countryside Motors, uh, both of those dealerships we disciplined for breaching our code of ethics, we, for, for failing to provide uh, basically oversight Yes. Over what the salesperson was doing, and uh, Countryside Motors was fined five thousand dollars for breaching the code of ethics. Uh, they've refused to pay the fine, so now they are suspended. Uh, their license is suspended, and Countryside Motors can no longer legally buy, sell, lease, or consign vehicles. Now, can they rehabilitate themselves? Can this guy take the courses? And is there any chance he's ever going to get back in this business? It would be difficult. Yes, the act, the you know, Ombic takes its instructions from the from the act that we that we enforce, and the act uh, says that if someone has lost their license, had it revoked, they can't reapply uh, until two things have happened: two years have passed, and it is clear that the material circumstances that led to the revocation have changed. Uh huh. It's going to be very difficult to prove that that type of behavior. Yeah, how do you prove that those that that, that, that type of thing that that's changed? Well, so obviously th- he lived a, 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 his standard of living was higher than his income. That was. <laughs> but for the consumer who's sitting down at this dealership, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's got the Omvic logo on there and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're trusting him. What are the questions that if people are, are growing more and more aware of getting ripped off? Yeah. What 
give me one question that they should be asking, regardless of the stress that you you maybe think you're incurring on this guy who's trying to sell you this car. Get everything in writing. Get absolutely everything in writing. If the dealership tells you the vehicle hasn't been in an accident, say, would you please write that on the bill of sale? You know, um, one of the things that he, that uh, a couple of the actual charges that he faced was failing to provide copies of documents. Mm. When you sign the bill of sale, you are supposed to immediately be handed a copy of that contract. When you sign your finance agreement, you are supposed to immediately be given a copy of that. If you're not, demand it. Okay, and 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 check it. It's really buying a car can be so emotional, and we get excited or uh, you know or trepidatious. There's all kinds of different emotions that consumers experience, but you really want to take the time to go. You know, what was the finance rate that they told me I was going to get? There it is on the bill of sale in the bottom left corner. Here's my lead, my finance document, my loan document. Make sure that the number's the same. You're going to have to just take that deep breath, take that second. And review the it's documents hard. and make sure it's hard. it is really hard, but make sure that the promises that you were made are there in black and white. Now, you're talking about used cars or new cars? Both. Right, so new car scenario, you, you talk to the salesman for an hour and a half because mm-hmm. you got on a road test, you lick the car all over the place and you want it. So now you've signed the contract and you go upstairs to the business office. And now there's a whole new scenario of where you're teaching them. They're, I'm sorry, they're, they're, they're teaching you about what's available for the car. That's right. They're going to offer you all kinds of additional products. Yeah. So what I would say is if you're not sure you want them, then don't agree to purchase them. You can, you can say, you know what, I'll look into that product tonight and I'll call you back and you can add it to the contract yeah. tomorrow. Because, you know, most consumers, even when they buy a brand new car, they're not taking delivery for two or three days. So you could ask them to add it. But don't make that snap decision. You've spent all this time researching the vehicle and that type of thing ahead of time, and then you get presented with this op- option to buy thousands of dollars in extras that y- you might not have known about ahead you know, of time. So I take the time to out, do the research. I just want to say there is one of them which I really promote, mm-hmm. and that is debt protection, where it, it, they basically give you it complimentary when you're buying the car. If something goes wrong with your finances, you, you got sick, you got divorced, whatever, pay your car off. You don't lose your... Uh, Credibility, and we're seeing a lot of consumers too with trade-ins with negative equity. Yes, uh, and they're and they're looking at products like that. Yeah, let's talk about negative. Anyways, down. And if people want to know what the what they should be looking for, because a lot of people may not even realize that these things that you've just mentioned, they don't know that they're entitled to, or even ask the question. Where do they find out that information on your web- website? Yeah, Omvi- the uh, the Omvic website has some great resources. If you go and look under the Consumer Protection tab, it'll walk you through the car buying process right to, you know, from the test drive to taking delivery. And there's tips all the way along the way. And even if you're deciding to buy privately, there's information and tips on how to protect yourself there. But the, there's one other tab you might want to look at. Yeah. And it's called Enforcement Compliance. Mm-hmm. All the... Everyone... Every individual that Omvik has charged or has been convicted or oh, has one, been yeah. uh, disciplined for breaching the code of ethics or who has had their registration suspended or revoked, it's all public information. We make all that information public. So if you want to know the, the background of the actual person or dealership you're thinking of dealing with, that's there on our website. Great okay. stuff. Great we'll stuff. We'll be back with more with Terry O'Keefe from Omvik. And as well, we're taking your calls about getting your car ready for spring. And we want to hear from you about where uh, the worst pothole where you live is, besides putting cones on the road and <laughs> saying, we'll fix it in about a year. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Phones are wide open. Give us a call. 
Okay, we're back, and I uh, just want to take a minute. There's an article in the uh, Toronto Star this morning. Uh, pot, vehicle pothole damage can be less than obvious. Exactly. Yeah. So we, I, when I got bought my car, I didn't want to take the skinny, sporty, 20-inch tires. Right. Because there was not enough rubber between the rim and the road. But again, you knew that question to ask, you Because see? I lost two rims last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They look sporty, but at the end of the day, um, they're more vulnerable when it comes to potholes. Yes. Or any kind of curd damage. And uh, they cost twice as much to fix. And the, the other thing is that if you do go through a pothole and you can't avoid it, do not hit the brakes. Because if you hit the brakes, what's happening is you're loading the car and you're moving the springs down. You're compressing the front springs. Mm. The, the fact that the springs are wide open will lessen any damage that you could cause. Exactly. And right? it'll, uh, free rotation will allow it to turn yeah. and maybe get through the pothole rather than to slam it. So if you're buying a car, don't go for the looks of a 20-inch rim or a 19-inch rim. Because a 19-inch rim is going to run on a 40 uh, aspect ratio tire, right? It's going That's to be right, two, exactly. 225, 40. So that sidewall is quite narrow, and it cannot compress. There's no room for any no. kind of punishment at all. <laughs> and, and of course, the, what not only takes that damage is the, suspe- the rest of the suspension. So you'd be looking at struts or spindles or, or springs that are broken. We see a lot of broken springs nowadays. They you just can't handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. So, and the other thing is you can't sue the city. Apparently, over a thousand people had had put in claims. Uh, they don't pay an awful lot of these claims. Some of these, they just let them run around. And no, the rules are almost impossible to, to, to me, for anybody. You got to take a picture you know? and go back. And, did that? Yeah. And did you low get perf- No, a low performance tire, beautiful, right? Looks good. Pothole. Call Glen Allen Motors. Okay, here we go. Yeah, you just—they don't care. I mean, look at this. If there's one pothole, there's 18 guys looking around trying to fix it. They're all drinking Timmy's, with all due respect. <laughs> you know. It's like kept trying to get off the 400 to the 401. It, we're backed up literally three miles, and you get to where the construction is, and there's drinking Timmy's. Yeah, I don't mind. I mean, the guys work hard, but there are. I think this year is going to be the worst year for potholes we've it is. ever seen. I, I didn't know there was cement under the asphalt, but you God. can see the cement now. And there's a reassuring sign when you're driving underneath the gardener. Like, we're going to the, we go to the Jays game yeah. once in a while, and you look up. And it's being supported by wood. Let's see, wood and concrete and metal. <laughs> uh, shouldn't have worked the other way around. It's a, it's really a real problem. Here. <laughs> All, All right. right, we're going to go back to the calls. We've got Bill in Waterloo who's got a question about uh, brakes. What can we do for you, Bill? Yeah, I'm just wondering, uh, when I owned a, uh, a Toyota, I would always uh, take the brakes, uh, the front brakes, the disc brakes, and uh, tear them down, clean them, lubricate them, and, mm-hmm. and put them back together uh, at, in spring. Right. Yep. And I'm wondering, uh, is that something you have to do on every car? I got a Honda Fit, mm-hmm. uh, a 2015 Honda Fit. Right. And I'm wondering, uh, is that something good for every car, or is that just with the Toyota? No, it's absolutely recommended for every car. Oh, okay. You know, it can, certainly can't hurt. So obviously you're handy. You know how to do that? Well, yeah. I, well, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm uh, getting older now, and I've decided that the, you know, the dealer or some mechanic's going to do that for me. But, uh, but I used to do it all myself, and uh, and, and and they really needed service uh, right. sometimes after uh, in the spring every year. I mean, I, I was just dumbfounded. Well, because the caliper moves, and if there was any kind of lubricant there, it usually washes away or gets worn off. And then you get a little bit of salt and a little bit of moisture, um, and it can get stuck again. What you can do is, because um, you can actually see if they are stuck or not, is what you can do is, is jack the car up, take the wheel off, and then get a screwdriver and just try to push the pad back and see what happens. It should move quite freely. 
So the pad should go back, the caliper should move, and if it does, you're still fine. But if you get any kind of resistance there, then it needs to come apart. Right, and some of the, some guys actually do it before going into the winter season, and again coming out of the winter season. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Especially if it's an expensive car and the caliper's worth a lot of money. Well, right, and this will make sure that the pads last and that yeah. the brakes will work properly. Yeah. Oh, interesting, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I never did it for the winter, but, uh, wow, when I took it apart in spring, oh, man. Yes. But just make sure you use the right product, okay? you got to use the proper silicone grease for the pins yeah. and uh, copper lube or something like that on the actual sliders. Already? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you very much. You're thank very you. welcome. And don't forget, put a jack stand underneath the car. Oh, yeah, I always do that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, take care. All righty. We come back, we'll be talking with Terry about another case that they have, another settlement for a minute. And Dave wants to hear about the worst pothole... So does Al. Yeah. In your area. Give us a call. Um, Dave's Corner Garage. Mention the contest next time. Okay. I'll mention it because there's a promo (laughs) coming up right now. Off the rails, it wouldn't be abnormal if we were doing anything else than that. (laughs) This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. This Uh, is Dave's Corner Garage. We're back with Dave Allen and Terry O'Keefe from Omvik. Dave, his mouth is wide open. Can you imagine that? Uh, (laughs) Terry sent us an email and he's talking about... Green Tech Auto Sales. Who's that? Uh, this is a guy that apparently couldn't fix a mini minor. He did a um, ball back to me. Oh, <laughs> you know, all right, because he did so, a wait. So a here it was. He did a what? The, the malfunction indicator lamp. That's the uh, mil. D- mil. It was on, indicating or trying to indicate that uh, there was a problem with the car, something to do with the engine or the emissions. And what did this guy to do to fix the light? Well, the consumer drove all the way from Kingston to the GTA here to buy this Mini. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the check engine light was on. So it must have been a deal, right? It was a dealer. Yeah. This is, this is no, a dealer. A deal for him to drive from Kingston. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the price and, was uh, right. <laughs> and so the dealer committed to repairing the whatever issue was causing the check yeah, engine light to come right. on. The consumer came and picked up the car up and very shortly after had major mechanical problems. In fact, the, uh, it was a turbo problem with the car and it cost $5,776 to fix. Uh, and when they did wow. some further checking to find out uh, you know, what's going on, it became clear that the, the repair that the dealer had conducted was actually to take the dash apart, put a piece of black electrical tape over the bulb, oh. and then put the dash back in. Uh. And so uh, Omvik charged the dealer, and the dealer was convicted this week of an unfair business practice, was fined $5,000, and ordered to pay that restitution of the fifty-seven seventy-six to the consumer. So he had to pay for the repair, in other words. And, and a $5,000 fine. So it was fine. a $10,000... Right. Hit. Yeah. And you drive back home and you go past the big red apple and you go, that was an expensive trip. Yeah. You know, but the truth is, we hear about these things, but the majority of the industry is clean. We should say that. No, it's absolutely. Not, no, you're, yeah. we're talking horror stories yeah, here. Yeah, these are horror stories. You yeah. know, last year, dealers in this province sold, uh, you know, 1.3 million vehicles, and Omvic yeah. received 1,213 formal complaints. That's actually a really remarkable record. That yes. actually shows you that the vast, vast majority of transactions go really well. And, you know, and of course, you know, we usually, sometimes we talk about curbsiders, uh, the, you know, the illegal, unlicensed dealers who pose as private sellers. Yeah. This week, we had another significant... Uh, Conviction against a curbsider. Uh, this the, this guy was from Kitchener. His name was Vahid Akbari, mm-hmm. and uh, he was fined fifteen thousand dollars for illegally selling vehicles. There was twenty in total, fourteen of which had rolled back odometers. Is that enough of a slap on the face for these guys? Is fifteen k is it is it a drop in the bucket because no, they just fif- keep doing it? Fifteen k is a significant fine, and it's a, it's a first offense. 
It's a first offense, so you know it's very unusual that we would get a lot more than that on a first offense. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the consumer who brought this to our attention. It was a private ad on Kijiji. He thought he was talking to a private seller. In fact, the person he bought the car from used the name Merck Shomac. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turned out Merck Shomac was actually Vahid Akbari. Right. Uh, and, the, and the Toyota Highlander that he, he purchased that supposedly had 70,000 kilometers on it had more than 217,000 kilometers on it. Well, speaking of Kijiji, we were all laughing this morning, laughing, but it's startling to see that these guys who do this odometer repair, so to speak, Ooh. are advertising right there. Yeah, we we looked. There had to have been at least 15 ads that we found. You know, when you're buying a car privately, it's so important that you do your research on that car because rolled back odometers are becoming a big problem. But how do you know it's been rolled back illegally? Well, this is where CarProof and Carfax Canada, these yeah. reports will really help you, whether there's historical odometer information. Even the UVIP's going to have some historical odometer information. And so you've got to do that research. And the way this guy found out, this you know this victim of Akbari, he he started having problems with this Toyota right after he bought it. He took it to his mechanic mm-hmm. after he bought it. Right, and after his, fact, his yeah. mechanic went. Yeah, there are problems, and the wear that I'm seeing on this vehicle doesn't make sense for the 70,000 kilometers it supposedly has. Correct. Mm. I mean, you, you drive a car, and you've got a feeling that the wheel, you know, the four doors are falling off. You know it doesn't have 50,000, 60,000 kilometers on it. It's going to have 100 or two. But they don't have that experience. I mean, the reality is the average. Exactly, and this is why Terry is saying, this is why I'm saying is you, you do your homework. You go onto their website. You find out what you're entitled to, what you should be looking out for, and ultimately take it to your own mechanic and get it checked. And, you, and really, before you buy it. to that point of Val's, which is a great one, insist, you know, that you want to take this car to your to mechanic. Your own mechanic. And if the guy says, well, I can't, there's other people who want to buy it, goodbye. Right. It's exactly. easy. But, you know, you, you, like you said, you get emotionally attached to it. That's right. But you have to have the stones to say, you know what? No. This is what I want. And if you can't, bye. But I drove all the way from Kingston to buy this car. So you already know that the guy wants the car, right? So obviously the guy took advantage of that. Absolutely. And, and curbsiders, these illegal dealers, they're really prevalent. 25% of every ad uh, on Kijiji, yeah. our research has shown it's, it's for sale by owner. It's actually for sale by curbsider. 25%. Right? 25%. Just buy your Jays tickets there and just leave everything. I wouldn't buy a car. One, like in, one in four. One in, very good. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm here. We playing poker tonight <laughs> or what? All right, we've got a few more minutes. If you got any kind of mechanical issue or a question about a used car that you bought, give us a call right now. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Okay. That's cute. All righty. Um, a bulbeck to me. i got to talk about this. Uh, there was a recent survey from Canadian Consumer, and they asked the people, what do they think? Their most expensive expenses were on their car. Insurance was number one. Mm -hmm. Gasoline was number two. Maintenance was number three. Payments was number four. Tires was number five. And less than 1% said depreciation was the most expensive thing of owning a car. And the truth was, depreciation is the most expensive thing about owning a car. So you have a lot of guys come in with cars that are worth less than they owe, and you end up with these people in the ditch really in trouble. Yeah, when we ask dealers, just anecdotally, we've not done the scientific yeah. research, anecdotally, you know, what percentage of your customers who are trading in a vehicle uh, have negative equity or are upside yeah. down or in the ditch, you know, that they owe more than the car is worth, it averages out around 50 to 60%. Wow, wow. that's a huge number. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right? 
And, and, and so they take that money that's been outstanding and they flip it onto the new car. That's right. So he's buying two cars at the same time. That's right. So they're t- they're, they get the loan for the new car plus a bit of more money to cover the negative equity of what they still owed on the trade-in. So if they're buying you know, a $35,000 car, they could have a $45,000 loan. It's, like right. a line of, like, it's almost like getting a line of credit. You've had it from the bank for like a couple of years. You made all your payments. All of a sudden, you get a call from the bank. And they go, would you like to have your uh, credit extended a bit more? And it's just human nature. Yeah, sure. What's the question? If someone bought one of these cars privately, would they be saddled with all that expense? <laughs> like, would they have to? Well, uh, like you say, there'd be a lien on it, right? Yeah, there's, there's a lien. As so privately, you'd be stuck. But potentially, yeah. yeah if, they, if the lien didn't get paid off. And if the bank found out that you bought it now and you were the holder of that car... You'd be responsible for the payment of all that money's back, and they could tow it away, and you're out of luck. And people with, with a lot of experience buying cars, you know, a colleague of mine, he has an M3 BMW. Gorgeous car, right? Buys it, and he's trying to sell it now for whatever the money is. And uh, he bought it from a very reputable dealership, an actual BMW dealership, and uh, they did a, he ran a car-proof report on it. It had five previous accidents on it. Mm-hmm. He had no idea. So the asking price just went... Down. You know, but in reality, if it's under three thousand dollars, even the auctions don't ask you to uh, to, to to claim it. No, this car was like he was asking about over twenty for it. Yeah. This gorgeous car, but he flipped when he found out through car proof that he had it had five previous accidents yeah. before he even bought it. And those are only accidents that get reported to yeah, insurance companies. Yeah. I mean, well, because insurance is so much nowadays, people will, are more than happy to pay a, a two or three thousand dollar body shop. If bill. you're reading car proof, yeah. it says estimated damage. Fourteen thousand dollars, mm-hmm. but no, nowhere you see any repairs being done. Okay, so he's he's not put a claim in; he's repaired it himself somehow. So the estimated damage of fourteen k may not necessarily be that; it could That's be right. more. Am I right? Absolutely, absolutely. And we we have seen situations wow. where consumers have had significant collisions. You know, ten, fourteen thousand dollars. They don't want their insurance rates to go up, so they'll pay that repair themselves. Yes. Uh, and sometimes it that information might not show up on a vehicle history report at all. Actually, if it's a rental car, you'll never see it because they are self-insured. That's right. If you're buying a former daily rental, that's a really really good point. If you're buying a former daily rental and you're told it has a clean car proof report, for example. Mm. Take that with a grain of salt, because most of the big rental companies are self-insured. They wouldn't report to CarProof, and so if there was, if the vehicle wasn't a collision, was repaired, it's not going to show up there. So buying a former daily rental, that's one of those ones where you really do want to have that car. You know, take it to someone like Alan, have them have a look at it. Uh, to you know, even if the report says it wasn't in a collision. If you don't know what you're looking at, have it checked. So they have to report rental cars, police cars, what else? Uh, dealers have to disclose uh, previous use as a daily rental unless the, sub- the vehicle has subsequently been owned by someone other than a dealership. Okay. But they have to disclose uh, previous use as a police or emergency service vehicle. Uh, uh, they have to disclose. There's all kinds of disclosures, but there's six of them that if they fail to make, triggers your right to cancel the contract. Yeah. So pre- the previous use ones... Uh, Taxi limo, police emergency service right. vehicle, daily rental. Uh, if the mileage is incorrect, if the vehicle's been branded so it's been rebuilt, uh, and if they get the make, model, or model year wrong, if they fail to disclose any of those pro- pro- properly on the bill of sale in black and white, it automatically triggers the customer's right to cancel the contract within 90 days. 
Is that right? 90 days. 90 days of delivery. So the, what happens? He hands the car back and he mm-hmm. says, uh, it's been, it was a police car and I didn't notice, but uh, I, found we, they found the handcu- I found these handcuffs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't get very many because you can usually tell it was a police Tree car. Tree donuts too. Yeah. So the, the ones that we actually do see is failure to disclose previous daily rental. Yes. And if the odometer is incorrect. And it doesn't have to be rolled back. Sometimes it can simply be you know, the, the margin of error that the dealers allowed for the mileage is, is small. Mm-hmm. And so let's say that, and this is something we try to teach dealerships. You take a, a, a Jeep in on trade in, in May, and it's got 95,000 kilometers on it. The used car manager thinks, hey, I'm going to drive this back and forth to the cottage on weekends. Now it's got <clears throat> 97,000 kilometers on yeah. it. When they sell that car, it's really important that the dealership look at the odometer and say, you know, it's 97. got 97 and not just take the trade-in document that said 95 and put that on the bill of sale because that, your, the margin of error is 5% or 1,000 kilometers, whichever is less. So 1,000 is the biggest margin of error. They get that wrong, that deal could technically get rescinded. Interesting. So omvic.ca... Uh, Ambik is well. You're, you're a government, or you're you're uh, dealer dealer supported. Uh, well, actually, we're 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 neither. We're a delegated administrative authority, so we enforce the Motor Vehicle that. Dealers Act. Wow, I can't even say on behalf today. of the government. <laughs> all right, Terry, thanks for coming in, and uh, by all means, so what's the website once again that Dave can remember this one? Ambik.ca. Thanks, guys. Uh, great. Right. Listen, great Good to have stuff. you in, Al. Uh, website for Glen Allen Motors. GlenAllenMotors.com. Really simple. With two N's. And yes. you can go to our site. I put Alan up there today. Thank you very much. Due to the complaints that he was up there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a blog there from Terry. Uh, if you go on our website, you can see Omvik and hit the blog because it's fascinating. We've asked all of our supporters and partners to make blogs so that you can get more information easily. Exactly. And Do next, your research before. Yep. And next week on our show, we're going to have Ryan Rogers in from uh, CarCost Canada. It's a really cool way of uh, buying a car online. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.